Crosby, he's going to come in at the end, punch it out. Holmes is sacked by Crosby, his second of the game. in the studio creel slime dt welcome boys we appreciate you coming back um this is episode 11 okay great number also december 10th week 14 uh vikings against the raiders in allegiant stadium um it was a barn burn tonight three nothing uh vikings came out on top here max 10 total tackles tonight bro seven solos two big sacks can't wait to talk about those big old sacks. Three TFLs, four QB hits. Man, you were fucking flying all over the place tonight. Um, not only yourself, but the defense. You guys had a lot of pressures. I think six tack- or sacks from you guys tonight. So um, continue to just take off where you guys have left off from the game before. It's been fun to watch. Um, also, Max, I don't know if you know this, but you have now become the fourth player in NFL history to record 300 tackles plus and 50-plus sacks in his first five seasons. So, congrats to you, bro. That's big dog shit. Really, it is. I mean, cementing that you belong in this league. And not only that, bro, you are fucking taking over. It's it's beautiful to watch. Um, DPOY in my eyes and all of our eyes. So, we can't wait to keep our eyes closely on that for you because I know you don't give a fuck about all that extra shit. Um, so, we'll keep a close eye on it for you, Max. But want to send it to, to you, man. Um Crazy game tonight defensively from both teams, but just your thoughts, Max, on the game tonight. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. It was just a defensive game. You know, we lost 3-0. Um, but for me, um, you know, my main focus every single week is on improving. You know, that finding that little 1% we can get better at. And you just seen our defense all season long, you know, pretty much. It's just getting better and better and better. You know, obviously it sucks. That's why it's bittersweet. We held them to three points and still lost. Um, but just seeing the evolution of this defense um, led by Pat Graham and all these guys that have come in, we have a lot of new faces in this building. And um, you see our defense getting better every single week. So um, it's tough. We took a tough, you know, tough loss. Um, and backs against the wall, you know, to even have a chance, we have to win out, um, which is unfortunate. But for us, we're blessed with four more opportunities. Go out there and go continue to, you know, take this momentum, uh, you know, where we know we can go. And uh, as a defense, um, that was what made it tough. Everyone was just silent in there, just fucking upset. But um, we can't, you know, can't get too upset. It's, too, you know, there's no such thing as 24-hour rule. We're playing on Thursday. We're playing the Chargers. We already know what that, you know, we already know what that is. You know, I don't even have to get into that. But we can't wait. Um another opportunity. So we got to take them down. We're back at the crib and we got to get a big win. So we're, we're definitely gonna be fired the fuck up. Yeah. You talked about the defense and uh, how could you not? I mean, they were talking about you guys all on TV today. um, Rightfully so. And we've talked about you guys for the last few episodes, Max. So I just want to ask you, bro, what do you feel the defense is doing the second half of the season? Um, That's just led to great success for you guys with, you know, that side of the ball and with that unit. Um, I really think it's just, it comes down to not blinking. Like we've been in a lot of situations where boom, short field on a turnover and we're at the 20 yard line. And in the past it's been like, oh fuck, here we go. But for us, it's like, all right, fuck it. 
let's go, let's go get another stop. Let's go get another stop. Let's find a way to push them, <clears throat> push them out of field goal range or do whatever. So when you have guys thinking like that, everybody on the same page and everyone communicating at a high level, um, it's going to lead to success. And you just see this group coming together. We have a ton of young guys, ton of new faces, like I already touched on, but you just see everyone playing together and having fun out there. And uh, it's honestly been fucking incredible. You know, even though we haven't had the you know full success that we want, you know, as far as wins and losses, um, we know we're going in the right direction as a defense. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's bittersweet in a way, but um, we believe in our guys on the offense. You know, it was obviously a, a tough ass night, but, um, you know, the only thing we can do is get better. And uh, that's, that's what we're banking on. Although defensively, this is not going to make us, you know, want to play less hard or not go out there and be our best. You know, it's just going to motivate us more that we have to make more plays um, and just stay on top um, and be and be at our absolute best for the rest of this uh, season. It's been a long season for sure. And um, a lot of high moments, also a lot of low moments, right? Uh, new coach throughout this year, not an excuse, obviously. But Max, for you as a leader of the team, as a leader throughout the entire NFL, um, what do you think, just looking throughout this season, what has been something that the team has struggled with, in your opinion? Um, and, like, what is the message to finish out this season, right? You said your backs were against the wall already, but what is the message moving forward? But I'm truly curious, what is something that you noticed just as an entire team that you guys might have struggled with and what needs to change kind of moving forward into the end of the year for momentum and heading into the next season as well? Um, it, it really comes down to, you know, it's it's – cliche but like we everybody talks about starting fast and like for us that's been our motto start fast and for me every time I write that down it's like start fast and finish faster and like that's what it's got to be for the whole team and that's the whole organization from players coaches everybody so no matter what's going on in the game we have to capitalize off of certain opportunities like we can't have a bunch of penalties in the red zone we can't have you know turn the ball over when it's a guaranteed we should have a guaranteed three um, little things like that are what are what bite you in the ass at the end of games. And like, you know, today we had multiple opportunities and we didn't capitalize. And so as a defense, we have to keep improving. We have to find ways to, you know, affect the game even more, get more turnovers, uh, get more hands on the ball. But um, we're getting better. We know that. Um, and just as a team, we just have to continue to stay together because it's not perfect. Like you said, we have, you know, we lost, you know, our coach. Uh, Coach McDaniels earlier in the season, we have changed. We have a lot of new faces. Aiden's the quarterback now, and um, we're just all trying to make it work on the fly. And, um, you know, the thing I can, I, I can honestly say is that um, nobody's blinked. Uh, even though it hasn't been perfect, we haven't had the results. Uh, everybody's still locked in. Everyone wants to succeed. Everyone wants to win for our brothers. Like, we're super tight-knit in that locker room, um, and that's been something special, you know, this entire year. So all we can do is just continue to, you know, improve and, and stay together because if we don't, um, you know, it could, you know, it could be a waste these last four games. And for that, you know, I fucking refuse to let that happen. I know personally, you already know how much I put into it. This is all year round. It's my life. So I'm going to make sure I push that narrative the whole entire, you know, you know, week leading up to or four days leading up to the Chargers game. Um, but yeah, that's all we can do. That's all we can control. Um, go beat the Chargers and then get a little, you know, a little bit off our, a uh, little bit of time off our feet. And then, you know, go on these final final three games and go finish with a strong, you know, strong end of the season. Yo, Max, the main message at uh, halftime, 0-0, zero, zero, was it more so addressing the offense or more so just keeping the defense hype on what it was already doing? You know, 0-0, zero, zero, you guys went home to zero points. So more so keep honing in on what you guys are doing and more so focus up on the offense, trying to get some sort of points, whether it's three, six, anything. 
Yeah, you know, AP came in at halftime fucking juiced up. Everybody was hyped the fuck up. We knew defensively we were doing a lot of good things. Our main emphasis was, all right, we need to stop the run. Because they weren't doing much at all. And the only thing they had were a couple runs that leaked out. And um, that was our main emphasis going into the second half. So I felt like we definitely did that. Um, we made, you know, I think we had 12 DFLs on the game, six sacks. Um, and we, we stopped the pass game. We were rushing very well. So there was a lot of things that, you know, we did really well. And so at halftime, like, you know, I just know from a defensive side, like we were just honed in on stopping the run, you know, going in the second half and don't let them, you know, don't let them have third and fours and third and threes and things like that. Let's back them up and let's fucking, you know, pin our ears back and get after them. And I feel like we did a pretty damn good job of that. So we just got to tighten up a few things and, uh, you know, that's really all we control. Just keep, you know, keep moving forward. And I feel like AP was great. You know, AP brought, AP always has energy, but he came in at halftime extra juiced up and hype. And uh, we were all hyped up, ready to go the second half. I even saw him juiced up on the sidelines and they showed you kind of dapping him up, looking at AP while he was delivering a message to you guys. Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. like, you're like, yeah, let's go. You're talking about the fourth. Yeah, yeah. starting the fourth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was his message to you guys, Max? Because he was obviously speaking your language. You're dapping him up in the middle of it. Like, um, <laughs> you just shared with everybody else kind of what he was trying to say to you guys, get you guys going out there. Yeah. You know, his, his main message was do your fucking job. Do your <laughs> fucking job. It's simple, we were, right? We, it, it's simple, um, but hard to do. And For sure. we were doing it, like, uh, defensively, we were doing it. And <clears throat> it's just like a few little things, just cleaning up little things on the other side. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's a team game. And that's why football is the greatest sport, because it's the ultimate team game. So um, AP would just relay in that message, do your fucking job, and go out there and finish. And, you know, the guys are fired up. And, like, I feel like we were right there. And that's what just makes it harder, because – shit three to zero like you don't see that you know no. what i mean you don't There's, see that nowadays there has never even been a zero zero game finish bro at like since like 1947 or some shit like that so just yeah. so you know games in the nfl especially nowadays sure as hell do not do not stay at that little of points um and you know max the game has turned into an offensive um game I mean, essentially, yeah. right? They're trying to do everything they can to keep the quarterbacks upright. When it comes to receivers fighting for a ball with the DB, it's pretty much going to lean the receivers' way, right? Anything they can do to yeah. make your life a lot easier in the NFL, it seems that they're doing. No, for sure. For sure, bro. Like, that, honestly, that game, I was like, all right, I don't know if this is going to go to overtime and it's going to be 0 <laughs> 0. Like, honestly, that was where my mind's at. I'm like, they're not fucking scoring. And, like, that's, you know, it, it was just a unique game for sure, but it was a battle. Um, defensively, you know, we kept going out there. We kept going out there. Nobody fucking blinked. And, you know, it's a credit to everybody out there, bro. We were fucking dialed in. Uh, we just got to find a way to get a little bit better and, and finish games better. I got to ask you, bro, when they when teams bring in a new QB kind of late in the game, um, I'm sure you guys prep for both QBs all throughout the week, but also you had to prep for Justin Jefferson finally making his debut back um, from being banged up. Unfortunately, he went out with a chest injury today. Um, Marcus Epps fucking – Laid a good one across the middle on him. Yeah, that was a little old school ball for him. Um, but, Max, is it hard for you to – you or as a defensive unit to adjust to a new QB coming in the game? And if so, did anything change between Nick Mullen stepping in for Josh Dobbs? And, you know, was there one way to attack the other differently? Um, you know, it was similar. You know Dobbs is a, is a more athletic guy uh, for sure. So he's um, going to hold the ball a little bit more and, uh, you know, try to make some plays on his feet. But – um, you know, Nick Mullins, he was, uh, he was in camp last year with us, um, with the Raiders. So I know him very well. Um, and he's a good quarterback. Dude's tough. He's actually played a lot of, a lot more football than people know. 
Um, and he's he, he came in and, you know, it's tough. Like the first pass, like the deep ball he threw to Hawkinson, like that was like a centimeter away from being intercepted. Like he literally got tipped up in the air and they fucking catch the ball. So it's like little unfortunate things like that that hurt us. Um, and he made a couple good passes, but like at the end of the day, like we just have to do our jobs. Like I always talk about it. It's all about us. That's what I tell the D line every single day. Like it's all about us. It doesn't matter who's in front of us, who's the O line, who's the running back, whatever. Like if we're playing at our best, it doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. And that's something I got from Marinelli. It's like there are a bunch of gray faces out there. If we do our job, we get off the ball and dominate how we should. It doesn't matter who who lines up in front of us. So um, yeah, you know that was that was our mentality. Regardless, you know he came in and it didn't change at all. So um, for us, you know it's just it's tough. You know you got to find ways to find ways to keep getting stops because. You know what I mean? We did it all game. So it was just, you know, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, we had our opportunities. We just fell a little short. Yeah. And then before the game, we changed pace a little bit, Max. Before the game, um, you were not necessarily awarded, but you were, um, you were, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Nominated. Nominated. Recognized. Thank you. Recognized for being nominated for the Walter Payton Award. Um, What was that moment like for you, man? Just because I know it means a lot to you. Uh, you have a great heart. We talk about it all the time. I think that's what I've known that since college. We've known that um, it's just been something that we've always been attached to you with. But now the world is getting to see um, you have, a, you know, who you are without your helmet. Right. So what was it like for you to be recognized and for being nominated for the Walter Payton Award? Um, it was dope. You know, it's a special moment. I've seen, you know, on the Jumbotron a ton, you know, the Walter Payton thing. And, uh, you know, they had it in the end zones and everything like that. So for me, like being one of the 32 guys in the NFL being you know recognized for it is is honestly incredible. You know, I don't, I don't do things with, you know, intentions to get recognized for it. For me, I just, y'all know this, like, I love giving back. I love doing things for other people, um, especially people in need. Um, and even, you know, animals as well, like pit bulls are like, you know, I have three of them. They're like my fucking children. So yeah. for me, um, every single time I get to go out there and, and do something special for people in the community, not just Las Vegas, but Michigan and Texas as well. Like, um, you know, it's, it's a big honor. So, it was dope. I was going to the tunnel and then Sandra, AP, Champ were all standing there and they're like, all right, you got to get a picture, blah, blah, blah. So she got to, you know, present me the award and everything like that. So it was super dope. And, um, you know, it's just a complete honor. It's, it's, it's really dope. Yeah, it's a super dope moment for you, man. And super awesome just to see it. Um, you already know where our votes lie. You know, we're, we're tapping and submitting our vote for. But uh, nonetheless, Max, you just hit on it. Your claws, your, your cause, your cleat today. Um, it had something to do. Yeah. Claus, I know Santa Claus is on my mind here with December, but um, with you, Max, that's right. Yes. I, yes. I'll dress up D if you want me to. Max is actually Max. You're dressing up as Santa, are you not? Let's tell the people. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, continue. <laughs> um, for your cause, your cleat, Max. It was it obviously has to deal with the pit bulls. Um, you 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 own three of them yourself. They're your babies, your daughter, your your sons. Um, speak on your cause, your cleats, if you don't mind, Max, and what it stands for. Yeah. So I've been doing stand up for Pitts foundation since my, I believe my rookie year. And, uh, it's something I'm, you know, an organization I've been working with closely, um, for years now. And, uh, you know, just about getting, you know, pit bulls all around the U S getting them, you know, fosters and getting them adopted. So, um, that's something I'm passionate about two of my, you know, two of my pits are adopted. Um, so it's something that's, you know, I love and, it's something that I'm involved with. So I feel like I can get more and more recognition towards them and get more pits, you know, houses. Uh, it's, it's honestly incredible. And so that was something with the, with the um, pro bowl too. Like 
when I got the Pro Bowl MVP, they had me pick an organization that I can donate $20,000 to. And the NFL, you know, gave $20,000 to stand up for pits and just got to save some more uh, pit bulls. So uh, for me, it's something I hold, you know, close to my heart, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's one of those, you know, foundations that uh, I work with, you know, super closely. And I got a ton of love for those people over there. I love it. You, uh, you're a dog man at heart. Uh, we're all dog. We're all dog. Dog fathers as well in here too, which is kind of dope. But yeah. since we're talking about all these fucking dogs, D, I think we got to get to that dog of the day. <laughs> Show them fucking teeth, baby. Come on. Talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> All right, y'all. So for this week's dog of the day, we already know there's a lot of candidates. A lot of people showed up, showed out. You know, we got to give um, you know a couple honorable mentions. You know, Tyree Wilson had a big game. Uh, J. Rob, my boy, number 97, um, getting to play like real minutes for the first time. He went out there and got a sack. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of people. Spillane again, ten tackles, a sack, two TFLs. Um, a lot of candidates. A lot of candidates, but. For the dog of the day this week, we're going a little different route. We're going down a different street. We're going with our coach, our leader, DC, Patrick Graham, dog of the day. Big shout out to Pat. Big shout out to Pat. Um, Me and Pat have a special relationship. Um, I got to meet him in Miami on my top 30 visit before I got drafted. And uh, that was the first time I ever ever met him. And we sat in the room in, in, in Miami and he was like, you know, I, I've talked publicly about my trip to Miami. You know, it was a tough day. You know, they were hard <laughs> as fuck on me, and uh, it, it was tough overall. But um, you know, I respect it to a, you know to a certain degree for sure. But um, Pat Graham was, I think, one of my last meetings, and he sat with me and was so like overly positive and like had so many good things to say to me. And during that whole draft process, I hadn't had that at all. I took heat the whole time, and <laughs> Pat was like so cool to me. And I almost thought he was being sarcastic. So um, when that happened, I was a little thrown off, talked to my agent. I'm like, I don't know if he's like being serious or not. And CJ's like, yo, Pat loves you. And so, you know, fast forward last year, um, Pat ends up being my DC. He gets the job. I find out CJ immediately hit, calls me on the phone. He goes, they just hired Pat. He goes, expect a call or a text, you know, ASAP. And legitimately, while I was on the phone with CJ, Pat calls me. And so I get a, you know, get on the phone with Pat. We chop it up. He's like, remember, I told you, you're my favorite player in the draft. And, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we're sitting there laughing. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. But he's like, man, I've always wanted to coach you. And um, our relationship's been dope ever since he's gotten here. So <clears throat> with all that said, our dog of the day is Pat. You look at our defense today. We had, you know, we allowed three points, 3.3 yards per play, 231 yards total. Um, they only had 99 total passing yards, which is crazy. Eight of 20 on third down, six sacks, nine TFLs, three PBUs, 12 quarterback hits. Um, we had a great day overall. Obviously, like I said, it sucks not getting the win, but defensively, um, you know, I got to give a big shout out to Pat because um, he's the one orchestrating everything going on in the field. And um, he, he's another another guy that, you know, we have a special relationship. Like it's not like a normal coach to play a relationship uh, we we talk all the time and it's very real. And um, this off season we talked about it a lot. But just um, he asked me a lot of questions and he's talking about you know confidence and things like that. And I always you know y'all know me like I I speak things into existence. I manifest things and I put the work behind it. 
And the number one thing that, you know, I feel like has allowed me to evolve every single year is just like building that mental side of it and my mental confidence, not only physically. And uh, that's something I've really preached to Pat this offseason. I'm like, Pat, you went to Yale. You're a Harvard, you're a Yale graduate. You're brilliant. You know what to do. You know what to call. I'm like, just be you. And I always tell him that. I'm like, Pat, what's up? I said, where's your energy at today? And we'll walk into meetings. And Pat's like, all right, you might got me. You might have me today. And like, we fuck around like that, but um, we got a special relationship. So um, I got to give a big shout out to Pat, dog of the day. There's without a doubt, holding him to three points. Uh, big shout out to Pat. You're our dog of the day. Good shit, Pat. I think Pat might be the first coach that's gotten the dog of the day. So big kudos yeah. to him. Uh, the rush thinks very highly of you. So um, that's awesome. And Max, I do want to ask you, um, because there could have been a point, obviously, when uh, Josh McDaniels got let go, um, people might have thought that Pat Graham, and he probably thought himself that he could possibly be leading this team, right? Everyone, yeah. the team decides to go with AP, which we love AP. We love the decision as well, too. But have you seen anything switch in the mindset with Pat Graham since that moment? Because it just seems like the defense has elevated ever since then. Do you feel like, he, not that he's necessarily proven himself, but to you, um, has he upped his play, so to speak, along with the defensive players as well? Just your thoughts with that whole thing. Um, you know, I feel like some, you know, Pat's been, Pat's been big on, you know, obviously ever since the change, it's just, and, and this has honestly been all season. Like, it, we had a switch in preseason where, you know, Pat was on the sideline last year, and this year he's been up in the booth the whole time. So, Pat's looking from a bird's eye view and he's relaying things down to our coaches. But the number one thing I've noticed, like the biggest change in him is just like his demeanor. Like he stays even keeled. He's calm. He's not, you know, getting overworked up over, you know, a missed tackle or, you know, something going wrong. He doesn't blink. And that's like reflected through our whole defense. And so I got to give him a ton of credit on that because he's really taking a, you know, a step to reflect. Um, this whole off season, and he's putting that on display. And you see what we're doing as a defense, uh, and we're just getting better and better. So, um, yeah, you know, Pat's gotten, you know, Pat's been incredible all year. He hasn't, he hasn't blinked. He hasn't panicked. There hasn't been any type of that, you know, activity going on. He just purely been himself. And uh, you know, Pat's Pat's a different dude. He's funny as hell. You know, we always fuck with him because he, you know, he used to try to claim he was like from New York or East Coast, and he's listening. He's an Ivy League guy. Like, Come on now. Yeah, and we're like, Pat, where are you really from, Pat? And he's like, All right, I'm from Connecticut, but well, but he carries himself like a New York dude. But I totally get it, respect it, and uh, Pat just been 100 percent himself. We're like, Pat, just be you, baby, and uh, he's uh, he's definitely been himself, and we we love him for it. So yeah, big shout out to Pat. That's huge. Shout out to you, Pat. Uh, Max kind of hit on it, but uh, you guys are currently a top 12 defense. Yeah, probably even better than 12, just so you guys know that. But they held the Vikings to three points, 3.3 yards per play, 200 only, 231 total yards. Um, and they also turned in six sacks, nine TFLs, three pass breakups, and 12 QB hits. So um, big night for the boys there on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so, and also that's a big testament to you, Pat. So dog of the day, congratulations you once again. Yeah, it's a huge moment. Real quick. Shout out to Zen water. Shout out to Zen, Zen water. Does anybody have their Zen waters? Yes. Yeah, Pound them out. That's hey, how Max to continues to play. I love hey, that. Shout out, to shout out to the whole crew. Also shout out to Slate Milk. My Slate Milk's over here. I don't want to, you know, break my headset, but big shout out to Slate Milk as well. Manny, Josh, the whole crew, you know. I love that. I love that. That's great. Thanks for jumping in there. Great oh, yeah, product. Hold up, hold up. I got it. I low key do have it on me. I key. Uh -oh. 
Hey, Max. Max. Hey, you see it. Slate Bell. Double-headed. Stop playing. That's my dog. Let's go, baby. We're out here. Um, No, so that's huge. Um, And also, guys, really quick, if you haven't, continue to like, subscribe, comment down below. Um, We're gradually getting up there in subscribers, uh, but we need to get to that 50K, right? We got a lot of huge things for you guys to offer. Um, Obviously, out of season, we're going to have a lot of cool shit as well. But this is very important right now for in season with time dwindling down. So continue to hit that big subscribe button, tell a friend, and then have them subscribe as well, right? Go download it on their iPad. Go take their phone for the day. Watch them tweak out that they don't have their phone in their pocket, but run to that YouTube and hit subscribe to The Rush, all right? We appreciate you guys doing so. Indeed, can we get over to that big old fucking sack, the one that I love? Yeah, give me that big sack. Big sack. Show us that big old sack, baby. Day by the kid, huh? Um, we got two big old sacks to talk about. Brogan's fucking dream come true. All right, we're gonna start it off with uh, sack number one. We're uh, third and nineteen, start of the second quarter. All right, from the looks of it, right? We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk through my perspective of the play. Wop, you're gonna have to talk to me. See, see if we're yeah. right about this. All right, get speed oh, off man. the ball. Right, you saw the back coming, so you went speed the bull. You went speed the ball, got right into that 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 tackle's chest, and I mean the rest is history. It was it was an impressive fucking sack. Now, did you see that chip coming? And is that what made you kind of put your foot in the ground and then go straight uh, into the tackle's chest, or did you kind of try and set him up and get his hips open and then try and go speed the ball? Yeah, um, you know, anytime you see the back toward, you know, anytime I see a back towards me or a tight end, I know there's going to be a chip. Um, so yeah, I seen the back. And he's usually chowed out. Like if it's a normal, you know, if it's a screen or something or, you know, the back's a little bit tighter, it could be a draw, especially in a third 19 situation. But the back is almost stacked over the tackle. So I was assuming, you know, the chip was coming. And so for me, the get off, everything starts with the get off. And that was something I really, you know, dialed in these last two weeks is like, how can I improve and how can I finish this season stronger than I than I started it? And, um, you know, that was something I, you know, feel like, I do at a very high level, but it's got to be more consistent. And so my get off today, um, I feel like it was low key my best get offs I had all season, um, and I was really honed in on that. So yeah, it's you know you know when you have outside help, the tackle is like okay, I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna sit and I know the power's coming, um, but he's not able to do that if I get off the ball and beat him off the snap. So mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. I got off the fucking rock and he opened up. And I turned to power before he could sink his hips. And I just literally went right through him. And, um, you know, I, I got the sack and I seen the flag on the on the ground. And I didn't know what happened exactly until I seen the replay out there. And he was, like, legitimately trying to rear naked choke me um, <laughs> as I was, you know, finishing the play. So, um, yeah, you know, we got a hold and a sack on the same play. So that was, uh, that was a big deal. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't leave him much option on that. Um, but that, that kind of leads us into the, the second one, right? You just talked about uh, the full line slide. All right, so, so this scenario, we're, we're third and three. You got a minute left to go. Um, still in the second quarter. Got two sacks in one quarter. Um, the ball is on your guys' 45. All right. Looked like it was a full line slide. You, you take outside with the, uh, with the tackle. Um, yeah. Dobbs kind of gets a little flush. He tries to escape the pocket, you know, go up into the middle. Bounces back out. You're able to bend the edge. 
and uh, you're able to get to make the play. Talk talk to me about that one. Yeah, so this is uh, you know this is the beauty of you know pass rushing. You know, at the end of the day, you're always it's like a a battle of opposites. Like you want him guessing at all times and so for me I knew I already won with the power and got home so for this you know this rush I get off the ball again fast and I sell right out the gate like I'm about to just power rush the fuck out of him and I powered him and I knew he was gonna lean and try to you know especially after the last one he's gonna really fucking sink down and try to uh you know what is what is the word I'm looking for um absorb the the bull rush and i felt his weight convert he leaned he was leaning forward and i hit him with like a quick over the top um with the over the top little swim move and he went fucking flying so i just ripped through and i finished the play i seen dobbs kind of bail out um i sh- you know shout out to malcolm coons on the other side he had a nice level rush came underneath dobbs wasn't able to step up through the b gap and he tried to go out the back door and I just had to hunt his ass down, and that's you know exactly what happened. You know, unfortunately, I didn't get the ball off him, which I was trying to, but um, we got another sack, and uh, you know that was you know the rest is history. So it was it was you know another big rush for me. Literally, literally, and and Max, yeah, so literally. literally, DT hit on both those sacks, Max, and for both of those, you recorded your fiftieth and your fifty-first career sack um, in the, in the silver and black. Your top five of all time in Raiders history, bro. Uh, congratulations. It is fucking unbelievable. Um, what does that mean to you? I mean, are you fucking me? Top five, top five. Come on. Top five, top five, top five. Um, Max, what does that mean to you, bro? Uh, we got we got to know. You're cracking into some rare fucking territory with some legends um, that, you, that normally grace the sidelines. So what is your thoughts on that? And just uh, congratulations, man. That's the biggest thing. No, I appreciate it, bro. Um, honestly, you know, I talk about it all the time. My legacy is my most, you know, the, the number one thing I focus on. I want to leave a legacy that, you know, not only is, you know, undisputed, but at the same time off the field, um, you know, viewed in the same way, you know, and that undisputed, okay, he, this guy, you know, not only was a great player, but also a fucking role model and somebody that, you know, was in a dark place and, and, and changed his whole you know trajectory of his life. And uh, for me, that's super important to me. So yeah, getting the 50th and the 51st, like those are on my mind uh, for sure. Of and I definitely wanted to, you know, get there because I, you know, I've seen the, seen the graphic pop up and, you know, being the first Raider to have 50 sacks in his first, uh, first five seasons, like that shit is crazy. And like, that's something I dreamed about um, ever since I got in the silver and black and being, being one of those guys that, you know, you can't erase history. And uh, for me, uh, it, it was a big deal, bro. So uh, getting over 50, now at 51, um, it's honestly incredible. Um, it's something I, before the season, I knew if I got 12, you know, last year I had 12 and a half sacks. I knew if I got, I had to get at least 12 and a half sacks this year um, to crack the 50 club. And now we're at 13 and a half. So um, like I said, we have four more left and, uh, you know, I got got a lot more work to do. There's The job is not finished and I plan on, you know, further making myself undisputed. I, you know, for me, I, I want to be the best. I continuously say this, but I don't take it lightly. Um, and whatever I got to do to, you know, put myself in that, in that conversation for the best that, you know, best in the business, regardless of position, that's, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. So I have a ton of work left to do and it starts again on Thursday. So yeah, bro, it was a fucking special moment for sure. I'll say this, Max, I know, uh, you, you got these, these, uh, goals in place, but 
57 and a half sacks is the number three on the list right now. You got, yeah. I mean, that's something you're able to touch. You, it goes Are you going for a prediction hour? Seven and a half. I mean, we can touch that this season. We we can be we can okay. be going into next year third third on the uh, Raiders top of the list. So what do we talk about, Max? Cheap. All the time they come in bunches, man. They come in bunches. They come in bunches. They come in bunches. You play the game the right way. You fucking you treat the game the right way. Uh, it's it, you know sometimes they just fall to you. Sometimes it just happens the way it's supposed to happen. So for me. Yeah, bro. I want to continue, you know, taking that those next leaps and bounds to going where where I plan on going. So yeah, bro. Four games is a lot of football. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the finish of this year. Oh, yeah. yeah, Thursday night. Hey, uh, Chargers just let up six sacks today. Yep, yep. Chargers. I know they lost too. They're they're the same record as us. Backup QB. Uh, yeah, Herbert. I heard. Night. Yeah. So Easton prayers stick. out to Herbert. I got res- respect for my guy Herbert, even though. I'm hunting his ass all the time, and he knows it. Yep. Um, got a ton of respect for him. Hopefully, he heals up and gets better. Um, but yeah, bro, we—it's another opportunity, division game. Shit, doesn't get better than that. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I think uh, Herbie. Herbie might be. Yeah, no kidding, right, D? Are we ever going to see the triangle face mask come back, Max? Have we? Uh, have we been able to discuss that any further? Is that going to be making an appearance? Maybe I mean, not. I mean, the last game of the year, I, I might just say, fuck it and take the fine. <laughs> sorry, Roger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry. And, De- you know, we're playing Denver at home. I, I, it, it, it might just have to happen. Yep. And then a long offseason of negotiation. We'll figure yeah, it out. We'll fight it a little bit. We'll figure it out. See if we can make some tweaks to the face mask. But, yeah, I might have to bring it back. Week, uh, week Throw the visor on there. Yes. One last thing I want to touch on for you, Max. Um just because your play is at an all-time high, obviously a new career season high too at the sex, um, which is what people obviously love. But you've been tapping the hundreds with the pressures every, you know, last year, which is an, a sane number. Um, but for you, Max, for kids coming up trying to play your position, because you don't look like a normal DN, right? You don't look like a Khalil Mack. You don't look like a Daniel Hunter. Um, you you are you're tall. You're lengthy. You're slippery. What is something that you want? You would tell a younger guy who looks up to you. Um, that wants to play your position and, and take over the game, what would you tell them to work on? What is something they should always carry with them? Um, just a little message from you to somebody that wants to be like you. Yeah, you know, my number one message is, you know, I, and somebody told me this early on and it helped me a ton, but rushers come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about, you know, D lineman in general. You know, you see a guy like Aaron Donald who's maybe 6'1". You know, he'd probably get mad at me. I think they might listen to 6'2 or something, but he might be six foot. Six one, and he's the most dominant three tech to ever play. Damn near, um, you got guys on the edge. Some of them are, you know, Greg Rose who's six seven two sixty. Then you got Von Miller who's six two two fifty. So it's like they all, you know, they come in all shapes and, and, and sizes. And you know, the beautiful beautiful thing about it is that no matter what, if you can get to the quarterback, you're gonna have a great career and you're gonna be able to make a lot of money and change your life and uh, create a great legacy. So for me. Um, you know, I'm 6'5", 250, you know, right now, 258, 260, around that range. And, um, you know, I don't look like the Hulk. You know, there's some guy like Khalil Mack looks like a fucking, <laughs> looks figure. like the Hulk. Figure. Yeah, an action yeah. figure. And Daniel Hunter, too. Like, Daniel Hunter, too. Like, that dude, I've seen him on the field today. Dude looks like a monster. Um, Even Nick Bosa in his skims. Yeah. Kim K line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, but it's true. Like it's true. Nick Bosa looks like I don't even I don't even know what he looks like. He looks like a like a Komodo dragon. Like yes. just straight, just <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> baby. Yeah, like Godzilla. So yeah, he just you know they come in all shapes and sizes, and no matter what, if you can rush and if you put everything you have into into you know improving your play on a daily basis, bro, you can do anything you want. So. Uh, that's my message to everybody. You know, I wasn't a first round pick. I wasn't a second or third round pick. I was a fourth round guy come from Eastern Michigan had one offer out of high school. Like it doesn't matter if you continuously chase greatness every single day and truly do the work when nobody's looking, you can accomplish anything in life. So that's my message to, to all the kids out there. No, and that's big. I think that uh, we talked about this a little bit before we got on air, but um that experience, man, just go where you can play, right? A big thing with the transfer portal going on. Obviously I've been vocal as hell about it, but with the transfer yeah. portal, um, you know, people want to leave and they want to go to these other schools, these bigger schools, but if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Right. And the biggest thing that we talked about off, off air was that experience in playing. If you have 40 career games under your belt, that means a hell of a lot more than you playing 10, 15 games transferring and now your second string at Alabama right so to speak yeah. but you get 40 games in you're ahead of that curve more so than a lot of other people in division one football and that experience can take you a lot even in the nfl the game's faster it's played a lot differently um there's a lot of things that you can hone out your hat on and things that you can kind of revert back to when you play so um i think it's a great message max and it's it's huge so uh yeah. speaking of getting to the league all of you guys that are trying to we got some news around the league so krill i'm gonna kick this over to you for a little news around the league baby yeah, so Matt's while like you were playing, uh, Chiefs Bills. Obviously, that's a you know shootout. Always, no matter where it's at, Buffalo, KC. There was the last, more or less, the last drive of the game. KC was driving down. Kadarius Tony was offensively off upsides, and they threw the flag late. More or less, didn't give him the warning. Threw it to Kelsey. Kelsey had like a dope ass play. Threw it back to Kadarius Tony. He ended up scoring, and they called it all the way back on like offensive offsides. Yeah. So with that being right. said, should there have been a warning like, yo, 19 back up, 19 back up with the ref? Or is that, I mean, you're, you're also a grown ass man at a pro level, knowing that receiver, your first job's to either be on or off the ball and to be aware that the rece or the ref is aware of that. More importantly, they wiped that crazy ass playoff for Kelsey. That's a historic play. That was no, so dope. Literally. <laughs> and I was so confused. Like, and he starts pump faking. I'm like, who's he throwing to? <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit was wild, bro. Like, honestly, you know, after our game, I was fucking, I had no words. I was just, had to get my, in my cave and reflect a little bit, but yeah. start scrolling a little bit. And I see Mahomes is being held back. Like Isaiah Stewart going after LeBron. And I'm yes. like, what the fuck is going on here? Yes. And then all of a sudden I look, I see Tony's trending on Twitter and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay how the fuck is the receiver lined up offsides? It's like, you know, you could either be on the ball or off the ball as a receiver, obviously, you know, eligible guys, stuff like that. But it wasn't even that. It was, he was lined up offsides. And I looked at the the freeze frame and Rachel showed me. And honestly, like, you know, some Raider fans might get mad at me for this, but like, I thought it was, I can't say this about the NFL. Roger's going to find me. But the call was crazy. Like, yeah. Honestly, in my opinion, like that's safe, that's safe. Yeah, like it's. I, I mean, like that. It, I'll it's say crazy. It for you. I'll yeah, <laughs> you can say it for me, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that shit was fucked um, up. They choked. <laughs> yeah, that bro, that shit is wild. I mean, if he's not 
if unless he's egregiously off lined up offsides, then you call it. But a play like that in that moment, a minute left in the game, and late in the season, and the ref, and like I heard that there was even tweets out that they said Kadarius Tony checked with the sideline oh, with the dude. ref, and he gave him the green light. And then they Damn. supposedly all, and this was like by like the CBS reporters and shit. And then miraculously, all those tweets got deleted, which is mm. even weirder. But now we're getting into anyways. Shit. Yeah, now we're getting into this shit. I, just, I went, I went straight in the rabbit hole, and I was fucking looking. I'm like, I looked at the freeze frame. I'm like, okay, he's like on the ball, but it's not like he's a full head over anything. Like it was really close, and so for them to call that back. Especially after Travis makes that insane oh throw, like that's a, I've never seen anything like that. Like the, that the only tough. team that does that is the fucking Chiefs with Period. Kelsey, and they do these crazy ass throwbacks and shit like that. But that's a credit to Andy Reid and them. But honestly, I I mean, unless it's egregious, that's the only way you call that. But to take away that moment and dictate the game, the outcome of the game by that is is honestly crazy to me. I'll say it because you can't, but it feels like the referees have been stepping in a lot this year, dictating a lot of end games, um, which kind of sucks, right? You, there's a lot of great players, and we talked about they want people to score nowadays in the NFL, and then they're taking some of that away. Um, and you can argue the week before the referees didn't step in at the end of the game for the Green Bay Packers in the Chiefs game with you know uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, holy cow. And then also with Travis Kelsey jumping up for that Hail Mary was kind of – Kind of tough as well, too. But, dude, Pat, I always see Travis. He's constantly throwing the ball back like he's on the defensive side of the ball, lateraling it. Um, they're legit backyard football. When you think of backyard football, we've talked about this. They don't really run routes. They get to open spots. He's lateraling it. Um, they're like the modern-day uh, – uh, what are they? The Globetrotters, Globetrotters. or whatever. Yes, yeah. they yeah. are. And, Matt, oh, I'm glad you said that about Isaiah Stewart attacking LeBron. LeBron – Going and winning the oh, first season go. tournament. Um, this is not a segment. This is not a segment. It is so, because I want to ask you. This. I want to ask you something because other than LeBron being <laughs> legitimately goaded and solidifying uh, it, um, Max, do you think the NFL should adopt something along the lines of like an in-season t- type game uh, or tournament or anything to spice up? It is a long season, seventeen weeks. Or do you think the the momentum's already ultimately high week in week out? Yeah, I, I mean, it's different. The NBA, like, you can hoop all year round. Like, it's different. There's 82 games. I get what they're doing. Obviously, the viewership, I know, in the NBA has been down a little bit during the regular season in the last couple of years. So, and the courts I think are it was sick. honestly, yeah, the courts are crazy. Some of them are a little ugly. Some, some, are, some are solid. But, like, <laughs> I think it's honestly smart as shit. Like, 20 games into the season, it's the regular season. It kind of, you know, especially for players, too, like, as hoopers, like, they can get by on skills so much. So, like, having them play for something and have, have them motivated, you know, at this point in the season, I think is a great idea. And, you, and you've seen that. Like, dudes were going hard. Like, even the Pacers. Like, watching a couple of the Pacers games leading up to that was, like, playoff atmosphere in, uh, in Indiana. So, and it's just given more guys and more teams uh, more spotlight. Like, you've seen Tyrese Halliburton's gone from, like, a – you know, an up-and-coming guy to, like, now he's solidifying himself Stunned. as a superstar yeah, and being yeah. at that level of viewership just by being, you know, playing against LeBron and playing against the Celtics in, in meaningful games. So, uh, honestly, I think it's dope for the NBA. But, yeah, in the NFL, there's no way. Like, we already play 17 games, and the NFL is a whole different world. Like, you go week to week, you're, you're preparing your body just to get to Sunday, 100%. and that's hard enough, you know what I mean, just the physical standpoint of it. So, 
Yeah, I don't know what the hell the NFL could do, but yeah, nothing, nothing like that. It would be damn near impossible. Halliburton snapping, even though he shoots like he plays in the WNBA, he is fucking nice. <laughs> no, he has a different shot. It's definitely unique, but he's he's nice as fuck. Tyrese Halliburton, it's nice, and it's random as fuck too. This is random, but um, this that. week I think it was Thursday. The Pacers got into town. It might have been Wednesday or Thursday, but the Pacers. No, it was Wednesday. Did you guys jersey swap uh, you and Halliburton? No, we definitely didn't. But their coaches came, Rick Carlisle and the whole Pacers coaching staff were at the facility. And I'm in there getting work on the bike, doing my ropes, boxing, all my shit. And fucking Rick Carlisle and the boys walk in. And I got to chop it up with their whole coaching staff. It was super random. But I know Robbo, Rob Ryan is uh, is good friends with some of those guys. And, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle, I've been watching him. He was a Pistons coach. He was a Mavs coach. Mavs, he was yeah. a you know, Pacers now, so he's a legend, and uh, I got to chop it up with him, and uh, his one of his assistants is like a diehard Raider fan, so they had a connection there, and I uh, got to chop it up with those guys, so it was, it was dope. I love that. That's sick. Krill, we got anything else buzzing around the, around the league? Uh, old man Joe Flacco came off the couch, threw for 300, took down the Jet, Jetsonville Jaguars, Adelaide home. I Zach Wilson, boy. Zach Wilson showed up today, big time. After being yeah. reluctant to start, I mean, that's Man. good to him, bro. That that's is huge. Yeah. yeah, that chip, that boy said, yep. that shit smooth off the shoulder. Yep. No, facts. Honestly, the craziest shit is seeing Joe Flacco playing for the Browns. Right. Like that's he was on the Ravens forever. He built his legacy with the forever. Ravens, won a Super Bowl, and now he's playing for the Browns and like legitimately pushing them to a playoff. You know, They're choosing to right stick now. with him for the rest Dude, of the yeah. season. Max, do you yeah. think they, they can do it? They can can they do something special? D, you might be able to I see mean, something. I mean, I believe in Flacco. Like honestly, I watched the first game. Like we had the bye week last week, so I'm like, let me check. Like, obviously I'm on red zone. I got fucking all the TVs and everything jimmied up so I can see every game at the same time. Yep. And I'm watching the Browns. I'm like, how the fuck is Joe Flacco gonna look like today? Dude hasn't played all year, didn't do a training camp, nothing. He was slinging the rock, like making slinging. plays versus the Rams and Obviously, they lost. I think he threw a bad pick at the end, but like majority of the game, he was playing really well. So yeah. seeing him another week under his belt goes out there and then throws for three hundred and gets a win versus Jacksonville, who's a legit contender. Um, honestly, crazy, bro. Like, gotta you gotta show your respect for Joe Flacco because that's honestly insane. Like, it's unheard of. Quarterback's already hard enough to play. The fact that he's coming in at this point in the season and going out there and helping them get wins is fucking. It's unreal. The last time, yeah, he had won the Super Bowl, D, when we were in the dorms at Eastern Michigan. Yes. <laughs> That's how long yes. it was. And then he oh, yes. like freshman year. I'll never forget that shit. When he launched that went deep out. ball, bro, that deep Jacoby ball AFC Championship, Jacoby Jones, that, like, with yes. the safeties falling back, I'll never forget that play, bro. Like, yeah. I remember that so vividly from my childhood. He does the fact that he's people. still playing. Yeah, yeah he, he can does. launch it still, what? bro. And he what? does no looks. Like, no, even man. now, he's doing no look passes. It's like riding a bike, bro. Muscle memory. No, it's, it's muscle memory, bro, because he, he's, he's talented. D, he had, D, he had that gets two you backup up, right? tackles. Fuck yeah, it does. He had two backup tackles. <laughs> still came out, threw for 311 and three touchdowns and beat the Jaguars at home. Come, that's come insane. on. That's insane, yeah, bro. That's, that's all Cleveland needed was a little bit of a game manager. Yep. Not to mention, D, the defense bowling out again. Um, Emery Four was what? Not only two, 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 two picks, maybe? Not, two maybe picks. three, but two. Yeah, okay, two picks. Yeah. They're balling. And yeah. Joe Flacco even made a comment on air afterwards that he was talking about the identity of them. And it was funny because, Max, you talk about quarterback being in the hardest position and then stepping in midseason. 
he said, I think their ident- identity is this team likes to make it a little like, you know, shitty kind of, so to speak. They like to get in these, t- these like muddy waters. He goes, I only kind of know that though, because I've been watching them from the couch for, for half of the season, but it's just <laughs> yeah, crazy. You know what I mean? This guy's leading the team nuts. and that's what he's gained from them. It's just absolutely fucking nuts. But hey, it's crazy. He's in vet right there for you, baby. No, for sure. That's like literally the one thing the Browns have been missing all year is, is the quarterback. Like, yep. They've had injuries, you know, Watson had his struggles, like they've had a crazy year and they still found ways to win games in the ugliest ways possible. But you see Joe Flacco out there fucking balling, which is nuts. And can we talk about really quick, because Creel's on the ledge, um, like Max, a question I would love to ask. I know Creel was talking about it before you got on, but like the <laughs> NFC South, right? They're going to get a number one seed. They're going to get a home game and they're going to probably be 500, which is kind of annoying, I'm sure, throughout the league to other teams. Um, Creel is spoiled. He grew up with the Steelers winning probably the most Super Bowls in NFL history, right? He's only seen two, I think, maybe since he's been alive. Yeah, two. Same three. One, two. But he is coming a little bit at Tomlin's head, right? So can you talk him off the ledge and let him know that Tomlin is a top coach, although he may need to. See, hold on. What? Before you slander slander my name, before you slander my name, I just said this is inexcusable of a Hall of Fame coach. To lose back-to-back games at home versus two and ten teams. So does he need to? Does he need to change how he's addressing this team with not as many veterans? There's no leadership. There, George Pickens and people are just out there standing on run plays. They don't block. Just small shit. But that shit adds up. You're talking about winning your one-on-one battles. Can right? I throw this in there, Max? You'll be able to speak to this, but. Your fan base is booing from the two minutes into the game until the fourth quarter. Is that tough for a team to get up for? Max, can I get your opinion if your fan base is going against you? How the but, fuck can you really rally? You yeah, cheer they, when shit's good. You don't cheer you when shit's good. You have seven wins. <laughs> and you fired Canada. Yeah, I mean, they, they you got what they wanted. They got what they wanted by, you know, that whole situation. But... It's honestly crazy, bro. Like, you see a team like the Steelers who are, you know, obviously all year. It's similar to the Browns. Like, them and the Browns are very similar to me. Like, they got both got great rushers. They have great defenses. Yep. And no they're just offenses have just, yeah, been struggling. So, I mean, that is tough. I feel like watching the game, I'm like, damn. Like, the second uh, uh, Trubisky came in, like, they were on him. Like, yeah. they didn't even let him breathe. And I'm like... If y'all are trying to win this game, like this is not helping Trubisky. Thank you. But at the end of the day, but I will say this: at the end of the day, the fans have a right to share their honest opinions and thoughts and frustrations and emotions. Like that is that is what fans are there for. So it's good or bad, and they're harder in money. So they have every right to boo when it looks bad. So I do feel that I've been a part of that. Like, and I, I know what it looks like. So at the end of the day. You know, I got to, you know, the fans are the fans. The fans are going to share how they feel. Yep. Um, I remember my last game in, in Oakland. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. But um, unfortunately, we let the game slip away. We were playing Jacksonville. They scored at the end of the game. Uh, and they beat us at the last game in the Coliseum. And the fans were fucking launching shit in the, on the field. They were literally ripping the fucking like the stands out oh of the God. ground and walking out with the seat. You guys are like, leaving Oakland. We're taking the stadium with us. Yeah, no, legitimately, like that's how it was. But at the end of the day, like I was so mad and frustrated at the time. But they had every right to be just as mad and frustrated. So I to- I totally get it. 
Yeah, bro. And can you at least hit on Tomlin? Is he a top five coach, please, for yeah, no, for sure. and Does he need to change Tomlin, anything with this team? I mean, I can't speak for him. I don't know what's going on in their locker room. Obviously, you just hear what, you know, people, you know, people speculate. And, you know, obviously they got some issues going on with the receivers and things like that as far as, like, you know, getting upset. But I don't know what's going on in their locker room. But I know this. Mike Tomlin has had a winning season every single year as a head coach. He, it's it's not even a question if he's a great coach, and I know Creel's like <laughs> that's not good enough for him though. Fact, I gotta know that. But this but this is a fact, and you are spoiled, Creel, and it's yeah, okay. I am. He, he is are. a great coach. I'm not saying he's not a great coach. Yeah. Believe that. But oh, for sure, for sure. But again, I do understand where you're coming from. Numbers don't fan. lie, right? Numbers don't lie, and I do agree Eight where you're years. coming from. How many playoff wins? Eight. <laughs> All right, we'll transition off. This yeah. is for another time, but Krill obviously loves uh, his Steelers. He, he dies with them. He wins with them. He, lo- he loses with them. You want to say something else? Um, yes. Yeah, just look at We're going we're gonna to cut that off. It's we're going to let it bad. slide. Um, but more importantly, D, before we get a look ahead to um, Week 15 with the Chargers, uh, Condor Cartel sent a couple questions for the one and only, the kid. Max, can we get to that? A little rush mail? Condor thing? Cartel. Big shout out yes. to Condor Cartel, baby. We yes, sir, You know, I always get these curveballs with these names, right? So it's uh, Ike Racosta underscore zero three. Can you talk us through or walk us through uh, on that play when you had to leave the field? So I think what they want to know is what happened. Oh, oh, in the game. Sorry, you uh, you went out a little bit. Yeah, you but, went, uh, kind of. Oh, you went in. really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to repeat the question. Real yeah, quick. one more time. One more time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let and it. say his All name right. one more time. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Sly, bro. Sly, you have me dead. His head's fucking like a dog. It's like, whoa. Yeah. That's literally how my dog looks here. Right. I talked to him. He's like, All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just ask the question. Just, Look yeah, back. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I, We're keeping Ike Ricosa underscore three, zero three. Can you walk us through the play when you had to leave the field? <clears throat> yeah, so um, there were two different random instances in the game where I got kind of banged up. It was super random, but um, they ran a little uh, – they ran a run play to my, my side. And I went underneath. It was like a little, you know, a little uh, free, we call it. And I went underneath. Jerry wrapped over, um, got me right. And one of their linemen, like, fucking, like, was, I, I don't know what exactly happened, but he got, like, It looked like he went knee to knee almost. No, he, he, like, his leg was swinging. He kicked me right in the bottom of my calf <laughs> as hard as I can. Like a UFC, like a Justin Gaethje mean ass leg kick yeah. it hit me in the back of my calf and my fucking leg turned off bro like i literally i couldn't move and i'm like damn so that was the first one that happened and then the second one um nate comes in similar type thing it was a run play nate comes flying in and he grabs the dude around the side and his whole body goes swinging in the back of his heel 
goes flying into the top of my leg. Like, and this is on my right leg. Both of them are on my right leg. But he hit me right in the quad as hard as he could with a whiplash from his heel and cracked me in the leg. So it was another just dead leg. So, yeah, there were two random instances. But, yeah, it wasn't with the knee or anything like that. It just fucking hurt like hell. Um, and my leg just went numb for, you know, a few seconds after both of those. So, yeah, I'm good. And uh, we're, you know, we're looking forward to playing Thursday. Good. Hey, really quick, D, if you continue, because you talked about a Gaethje leg kick right there. This weekend, we're huge UFC guys. It's UFC 296. So, Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards. You got um, Stephen yeah. Thompson fighting Shavkat, which is going to be probably a murder scene. Um, but Tony Ferguson and Patty Pimblett are going to square off, too. Really quick, who's going to win? I want your predictions on Leon versus Colby. And then I want to- I want Tony Ferguson. And then I really I want you to just tell me who's going to win. And I want your opinion on that. I got you. Um, I love this. Uh, we could get some more UFC we're in here. Start you know, doing it. Yeah, getting, getting more UFC as we get closer to Dana's interview um, yeah. in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, you know, the we could start with the Patty Pimblett versus Tony Ferguson, the most random matchup, the young, oh, up-and-coming, hype guy, the Tony Ferguson. I think he's lost five in a row, but an absolute legend in the sport. Um, got, a, got a ton of respect for him. I met Patty Pimblett, super random, but I was in the airport on a red eye. <laughs> And he just happened to be sitting there with his coach. It was just me and him on this tram. And we're going over to our uh, our little, uh, you know, where we were taking off. And I just looked at him. He had the bowl cut and everything. And I'm like, I got to say something to this guy. He's, fucking, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a character. He's a character. So <laughs> we just chopped it up. He was cool as shit. Um, so, yeah, you know, I got some love for Patty Pimblick. Cool dude. But um, Tony Ferguson, you know, I got to say this. I, I got to root for Tony in this Legend. matchup. Because, you know, Tony's had a rough go of it lately. He's been you know, beaten up pretty badly. Um, but Tony's one of those guys who's just like, he's on that David Goggins mind type shit. And he legitimately was training with David Goggins. I just going to say dude. that. Yeah. He literally, I saw it and, and he, he's the, I think he said he was the first, first guy to finish his, his hell week. Yeah. Um, which is random. And a lot of people are like, he's Won't stupid for doing him? this and blah, blah, blah. Will it help him? People don't realize, and Joe Rogan touched on this as well, but like mental. that's, it's, it's all mental. And he was doing that before he went to training camp. So it wasn't that was his training camp or he was doing a David Goggins full two-month training camp. It wasn't anything like that. It was more just like a mental thing. Um, and the fact that he finished that uh, is insane. So Big Tony, you know, it's a random bunch of random information. But Tony <laughs> Ferguson, I got a ton of respect for and I want to see him win. Like, I want to see him win. I want to see him find a way to get the dub. Um, it's going to be an interesting fight. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know it's going to be entertaining. Um, are you going? Main, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. I got to We got to get a win. I got to get a few sacks. I so that, I, yeah, I already it. told Dana. <laughs> I told Dana last week because he was talking to me. He's like, "You got to be at the fight Saturday." And I'm like, "Listen, I got to get at least four or five sacks, and I got to have you know a couple wins." <laughs> Let me know. Uh, or I'll, and that's the only way I'm going. So he's like, "All right, listen, buddy, <laughs> you got to take care of business." But so the co-main. Wonder Boy versus uh, what's it? I don't fuck. I, I don't yeah, know. Shavka, Rakama. Shav, yeah, Rakama, Shavka. Yeah, I don't know. Savage. I don't want to bomb his name, but he's an absolute savage. Um, and no disrespect to Wonder Boy, but I think uh, the Kazakhstani is that the is that what do you call him? He's I don't know. Kazakhstan, he, I believe. I think he might be. Supposedly, uh, he's the one who slept Ian Gary and Leon Leon Edwards gym. Allegedly. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, that dude is a killer, bro. That dude is an absolute killer. I see him. I seen him fight in the Apex a couple times. He yep. just absolutely walked whoever was in there with him. 
Um, so yeah, I think he's going to give Wonder Boy a lot of trouble. He might finish him early, take him down, and just make it ugly. Um, and then for the main event, I mean, Colby versus Leon. That's honestly this this fight I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Me too. I remember I was so I was in London for the Leon versus Usman fight the, the second time. Yeah, the rematch um, where Leon was the one defending the title, and Leon looked fucking awesome. He Usman was hesitant to take him down because stuffed you know, every takedown he did. Yeah, though. he stuffed the takedowns. He fucking picked him apart on the feet. Like Leon, it was Leon's best fight. So. Um, getting to see that in person, I'm like, okay, Leon's taking that next step. He finally got over the Usman hump, and uh, he looked incredible. So, um, Leon getting that dub was major, and now he's the champ. But Colby, forever, like we've talked about Colby for a long time, and like Colby, a young champ, honestly, if it leg- legitimately with hands, yes. And I, if if Usman didn't exist, this dude would be the reigning champ for years. Thank you. And those dudes had the best fights. Every time they matched up, it was insane fireworks. And the first one was honestly a little controversial. Like, Colby low-key could have won that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to say this. Fast forward a couple months. After I seen Leon fight, I was in Miami for the Miami car. And Hunter Campbell and the whole crew, they're like, all right, we're going to go to dinner. And Colby and his people are coming. We're going to just, you know, talk shop and, and chop it up. So Colby was there at the dinner. It was my first time meeting him. Obviously, from the outside world, you see how Colby is, and he's this crazy personality, you know, wearing the MAGA hats, and, you know, people, they give him a lot of shit for it. But um, Colby was one of the coolest, like, down-to-earth dudes I've been around. Like, I've been around a lot of athletes, professional athletes with success, and, like, he, like is top some of that five. For show? For, he definitely, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to get the, <laughs> how to sell a fight. He knows, <clears throat> he knows how to get the people going. But... Colby was dope as fuck. We chopped it up for hours, literally. We're at this restaurant. I forget what it was called. It was called like something fish, sex fish or something, something wild. But Very interesting. Uh, yeah, something like that. I forget the name of it. I'm bombing it. It's in Miami. But it was the loudest restaurant on planet Earth. There was <laughs> music and dancers on tables the whole time. It was like the craziest dinner experience I've ever had. But Colby, me and Colby were chopping up the whole time. This dude's mentality He's bulletproof. He trains all year round. He's always in shape. He eats like literally he's on point all the time. So me and him related in a lot of ways and we were just chopping it up and Hunter Campbell made that connection. So big shout out to Hunter Campbell as well. It's my boy. Um, But yeah, it was, it was awesome being around Colby. So I got to chop it up with Colby. I'm like, damn, I actually like this guy. I actually really like this dude. I'm I'm a a root for him. And then I got to see him at the Gervonta fight as well. I mean, Colby chopped it up again. And uh, so honestly, I'm kind of, I'm in between. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, I like both the fighters, we but need I, commitment have to from rock, I have to rock with Colby, bro. I have to rock with Colby. I'm wrong with Colby. I think, and I, and I truly, and I truly think he's going to win. I feel like stylistically, Colby, this is, he knows this is his time. This is his chance to go get the damn belt. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a war. Might be his last Colby chance. comes out on top. Yeah, I think, I think Colby, <clears throat> the way he, the way he's dedicated, the way he trains, he's a dog. I think Colby gets the dub. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm riding the same thing with you. So this weekend, UFC 296, Dana, we are already plugging it for you, even though you don't need any help. You guys are the best in the business, but we'll be tuned in. Um, Las Vegas will be on fire, fighting Mecca of the world. Um, but yeah, I'll be going Colby as well. I think Steven Boy might get slept. I love that he gives these younger fighters opportunities. Yeah. I think that's dope of him, but he's uh, 
uh, what's his name is minus six hundred favorite over Stephen Bo- or under over Wonderboy. So gonna be tough. Yeah. Ferguson, I'm agreeing with you. I hope he can do it. But Patty Pimblet yeah. fighting for twins now. He's got a little bit more to fight for. He needs to be in there. His takedown might be a little too much, but we're locked in. Darian, I apologize for hijacking the uh, the rush mail. Yeah, oh, Darren Rushman himself. Ask away. Ask away. <laughs> That's right, dude. All right. Uh, second question here from Brianna.cm. What were your thoughts when you're reaching 50 sacks? What were my thoughts? Um, shit, when it happened, it, honestly, it wasn't in my mind. I, my mind is in a whole different place. I was ultra amped and fucking hype. Um, but it was, we had like a little timeout and we're standing there and I looked up at the Jumbotron. And they were saying they had the big 50 um, and, you know, doing they put up a stat like the first Raider to ever have 50 sacks in his first five seasons. And uh, I was standing there next to Nate Hobbs and Hobbs is my my boy. Like, that's my brother. And uh, he's sitting there and he looks up and he's like, boy, you're cold. <laughs> and I look behind me. He's like, boy, you're cold, bro. And I was like, I appreciate you, bro. And we just dapped it up and it was a cool moment. But honestly, it's special, bro. It's a. Uh, you know, obviously a big, a big deal, but a lot, a lot of, you know, we got a lot of work to do. So um, it's definitely a good start for sure. It's got to mean more coming from your teammates, right? Than it does just coming from like the media or somebody recognizing you, you know, you're a legit dog. It always feels better when your teammates are like, you're different or you're him or you're killing shit, right? It always means more from the dudes you put in the work with. No, for sure, bro. That's what it's all about. You know, your peers, your teammates, players around the league, coaches around the league, your own coaches, like, at the end of the day, like people have their opinions, their media opinions and things like that, which we respect, you know, to a certain degree. But like when it's your brothers and the guys that are going to war out there with you, uh, that's the ultimate respect. So big shout out to Nate Hobbs as well. That's my fucking, that's my dog. For sure. uh, Nate, we're going to have to get him on the rush. Hey dog. No, we got to get Nate on the rush. That's, that's he, definitely, he's, he's going to be dialed up. He's, he, he's asked about it too. No, I'm Time definitely out. coordinate. Can we get a breaker really quick? You had a message with the one and only Scott Hansen, NFL Red Zone Voice of the Century. Oh, yeah. Can we yeah. let the people know? <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is random. We don't want to hijack you again, DT, but we're <laughs> going to throw this out there because we feel like it's very important. But we talked about it on an earlier episode of The Rush that we need to get this man, Scott Hansen. We're talking about how he doesn't piss for seven hours straight. <laughs> we're talking about how he's bulletproof in the mind. Uh, we got a ton of respect for him, and we even talked about it like we need this guy on the pod. So randomly, I'm sitting there. It's bye week, or it wasn't even bye week. It was actually this week. It's a couple days ago, yeah. and I'm just scrolling, whatever. Um, pops up on my Instagram. Scott Hansen is now following him. I'm like, what the fuck? So I randomly, I DM him immediately. Random. Yeah, for sure. And I seen it just happen. So I'm like, I'm shooting him a DM right now. So obviously, I sent y'all what I said to him, and. Um, just told him we got to get you on the podcast. You're a legend, whatever. And he hit me right back. He's like, absolutely, man. We'd love to get on. Here's the email. And this is another email. If they don't get back to you right away, I'm like, oh yeah, he's all in. He's, he's all in. So we're definitely going to get Scott Hansen. Uh, also, you know, I had a little interview on NFL network. We have Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport are also going to be getting on and Adam Schefter as well. So go, he talks about insider info and like, information going on around the league we need those guys the heavy hitters the adrian warjanowski's of the nfl to be on our podcast so we're definitely looking forward to have them as guests this offseason for sure so now you just heard those names that max just dropped in so if you guys want throughout the time if there's questions you want to hear from each one of those guests 
drop them in the comments below. We'll add your questions um, if they if they if they do fit right. If we if they are suited to and are acceptable enough, Darian, you know how it is fun, thumbing through those oh, no. questions. So, uh, but drop them below if you guys are interested in hearing something from one of your favorite people, um, or if you just want some knowledge around the league. We will fucking hammer it down for you, boys and girls, no doubt about it. So you deserve the world here, Darian. Send it back to you, brother. I'm sorry. No, we're great. Uh, we got one last one, all right, from Eric.G underscore, maybe two underscores, Eric.G underscore underscore, all right. <laughs> Say, do you have one universal goal uh, for your career or multiple that change season to season? That's a good question. Um, for me, uh, every single year is a different journey. Uh, I, I go into the off season, you know, after, right after the season ends. I reflect on everything. I watch all the games over again. I figure out, all right, this is what I need to improve on. This is what I did well. How can I take that next step? I got my board. I write a lot of things, whatever's on my mind on the board, how I'm feeling, what I you know, felt like I did good and bad. Uh, I recoup with my team from my nutritionist to strength staff to coaches to all them. I break down everything. So for me, overall, like I have major goals. Um, you know, I talk about legacy all the time. Like there's definitely big things, um, you know, that I'm looking forward to achieving and I plan on chasing until I get there. Um, I talked about it before openly, but like hall of fame, I want to be a hall of famer. Um, I want to be multiple time first, uh, first team all pros. Um, I want to be the Raiders all time sack leader. Um, I want to be one of the greatest Raiders to ever do it. Um, and one of the best period in general, um, to ever play uh, my position. So, uh, yeah, those are major goals, but for me, those are like the telescope. That's what I see in the in the horizon. But for me, I focus on the microscope, the day to day, the one percent I can improve on every single day, and that's what you know helps me get to where I'm at and how I continuously you know keep growing in the right direction. Great question. Great, Great answer. What I got? I got a quick follow up question for you. Then, what would you say? You said you break down. You know. Zenwater, say you break down uh, the previous year, you go through all the games and you identify what you really need to improve on for the upcoming season. What was it that you did last season uh, that was like, hey, this is one thing that I really need to focus on and improve? Yeah, um, you know, this is something that I sat with the strength coaches about. Um, you know, they, those guys from Rick Slate, who's like my basically my personal trainer, I've taken him on trips with me with Dana, like I work with them every single workout. We're in there together. We do all the grip workouts, all the extra shit together, the hydro works, pool workouts. Rick Slade is like, that's my guy. Um, AJ Nibel, he's the head strength coach. Um, he's the one, he's the head coach. He's the one operating the whole machine. But these guys, I work with them all year. Deuce Gruden, DA, Jake, the whole crew. Um, and something we, you know, AJ brought to the table. He's like, listen, Going into this year, we have like a theme. How, how, what are we going to do to take that next step? And for me, it was power. And that was something we focused on all off season and all, you know, started January 30th. And we've been, you know, we worked on it all year and all off season and all camp. It's, it hasn't stopped in all season. So uh, that's something I really wanted to take that next step with is, is the power aspect of my game. And uh, I feel like, you know, today was a, a prime example of that, um, you know, put my power on display because I know I have the slipperiness, I have the wiggle, um, I have multiple different moves I can win with, but adding that that fucking thump stick behind it, uh, it, it opens up, you know, <laughs> okay, damn um, it opens <laughs> up everything in my game. So for me, um, yeah, that was something we really wanted to incorporate, that thumper 
Um, but yeah, the power was uh, the power was a main main emphasis this off season. So you had to work on that thump stick. That thump stick. <laughs> Gee, show me that. Shout thumper. out to shout out to that thumper. Thanks, uh, great questions from the fucking Condor Cartel. We do appreciate them. And, nice uh, and work, boys. Yeah, continue to cut them out for us. We enjoy it. It's a fun time for us on this uh, for every episode. Um, and we even enjoy the ones that are very inappropriate. I laugh about them. Darian laughs about them even harder, as you can tell. Uh, Max, let's get out of the fan mail. We appreciate it. But um, week 15, Chargers at home, short-ass week. We're already flushing this past game. Uh, what? It, just a look ahead to the Chargers, second time playing them. What is the main focus this week leading into that game? Yeah, you know, the Chargers, every time we line up against them, uh, we know it's going to be a battle. Um We've been playing them twice a year. I think this is going to be my 10th, I believe my 10th, uh, 10th game against the Chargers. I play them twice a year, every single year. Um, got a ton of respect for them. Uh, they got, you know, a ton of great players from Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen, all these guys. They got ballers. Khalil Mack on the other side, Derwin James, guys I got a ton of respect for. So every time you step out there, you know it's going to be a war, and uh, it's my favorite. Every time you go play a inner, you know, inner division game, uh, you know what that comes with. So we already know it's going to be a battle. We're looking forward to it. I love playing the Chargers. Um, so expect me to be at my absolute best. I cannot wait. And we got to find a way to win, no matter what it looks like. If we got to win 3-0, to zero, we, we got to do it. Um, okay. We got to win 30-27, to 27, we got to find a way to do it. So uh, for us, our main focus is on getting our bodies back together, getting our minds right, and uh, get back out on the field and go get a win at home. Hell yeah, bro. We're fucking ready for it. Um, can't wait for it to get here. I know you can as well. Let the body heal up a little bit. Um, most importantly, you come out of the game healthy. Do we? Yes. Do we talk yes. That? Yeah, that. pretty much. Love pretty that. much. All right. Well, perfect, man. Let's get to our favorite segment. Uh-oh. All right, y'all. You already know my biased opinion. The greatest segment in podcast history the Rushman of the week. We have three of them every single week. We give our love to everybody around the league, getting after the quarterback, domination, hunting, sacks, TFLs, everything that involves getting towards a quarterback. This is what we do. So this week we got three guys. And for the first, well, actually, no, this isn't for the first time. I thought there was two D tackles. I'm wrong. We're doing one D tackle. We're doing three DN or two DN. So sorry about that. But anyways, number three. Big Mo Hurst, my so, former oh. teammate, Michigan Wolverine, even though we got our beefs when it comes to that because, you know, I root for the Buckeyes. But Mo Hurst, my former teammate, seeing what he's done and come back from injury. He's been out damn near two years, and he's got back on his feet. He's in Cleveland now on one of the best defenses, and he's causing havoc. I see him balling every single week, and I got a ton of respect for this dude, man, and I'm proud of him. Uh, he's in year six now, I believe. And he's just getting better, um, getting better over time. So, Mo Hurst today, four tackles, two TFLs, a sack. Um, he was balling. And uh, anytime I see my former teammates or guys that I currently play with, I always, you know, biasly, I want to show love to them. So, Mo Hurst, this is your first time being on the Rushman of the Week list. So, big shout out to you, Mo. You're my fucking boy. I love you. And uh, you're number three on the Rushman of the Week. So, Congratulations. Shout out to Mo Hurst. Cleveland. I know DT's fired up about that. Oh, I already him. know. I already know. Number two. And we, you know, I, I, I definitely hinted it a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm a little biased towards my guys. But 
he made the list for a reason. He's number two. This is like my brother. Me and him, we came in the league together, got drafted together. We've been through a lot together. Same it's my team. dog. It's the same team. We were together for you know multiple years, four years to be exact. My brother, Cleveland Farrell, 49ers. Obviously, selfishly, I would want Cleveland still on the Raiders, but I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. He's balling. He's balling for the Niners. He's, he's found his role on that defense, and you see him every single week getting better and better. He's playing a ton of snaps now. He's in the rotation. He's making plays. And this week, at the, damn near the same uh, stat list as uh, our boy Mo, but four tackles, two TFLs, and a sack. And my boy Clee, you know, he's one of those guys who's very analytical. You know, when he came to the league, he was very, you know, diligent on the details of being a rusher. Um, he's not the craziest athlete. It's similar to me. Like, I'm not the, you know, the freakiest athlete out there. But like I said earlier, rushmen come in all different shapes and sizes. And Clee is one of those guys. He's found his role. He can rush inside. He can rush outside. But he's a disruptor. He's good against the run and pass. And today, balling out again, helping the 49ers get another win. So, number two on the Rushman of the Week, it's got to be our boy, Cleveland Farrell. So, big shout-out to you. I love it, Big shout-out to Cletus. Not only is he nice on the field, but that dude can break it down on the dance floor. We saw it at the wedding a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland got after it. He got after it, man. And honestly, and I got to put this out there because (laughs) this is the best gift I've ever received from a friend in my life. But he definitely came through with the Tony Soprano, the gold Prezi, um, as a gift at my wedding. So, honestly, the greatest gift by far I think I've ever gotten in my life. So, big shout out to Klee. Um, I tried to do him a solid. You know, he was getting out of town soon after that. And, you know, I took him to the uh, took him to a boxing match. Uh, we got to see – actually, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Who was it? Oh, it was uh, the Caleb Plant fight versus Benavides. So, I got to get us, you know, ringside. You know, that's the least I can do. I definitely got to get him a few more gifts to make up for the Prezi, but – um, big shout out to Clee, you're number two. So we love you, bro. And we give another clap around. Let's go, Clee. Because that's my dog. That's way to be great. Right big shout out to Clee. This way to be special. Way to want it, Clee. Way to want it. And here we go. Number one, I mean, we've been showing a lot of love to these guys. You know, they, obviously, they had a rough day today. They took a loss. Um, not many people were expecting it, but we're going to give our flowers when they're due. And for us, last week, our number one rushman of the week was Will Anderson, Alabama rookie, balled out. This week, a second-time Rushman. He wasn't number one the first time, but he's a two-timer when it comes to the Rushman of the Week, and he's number one this time. Jonathan Grenard, six tackles, two TFLs, two sacks, pass deflection. The dude was balling out today. You know, like I said, they had a rough game. They lost, but the man deserves it. He balled out today. Um, He jumped off the tape. Um, obviously I was, you know, playing, so I didn't get to see his full game, but I definitely got to catch some clips. Y'all definitely, you know, shared how, you know, how he, how he held it down. So Jonathan Grenard balling, very underrated. Um, the dude is getting better every single year. So I got a ton of respect for this dude, another AFC guy. Um, so big shout out to you, brother. And big shout out to Houston Texans as well for sharing last week, my clip, you know, talking about, you know, talking about the rushman of the week and they, you know, they tagged the, tagged the rush podcast. They they showed us some love. So, yeah. obviously, we got some love for H-Town and the Houston Texans. Uh, we appreciate you guys. But Jonathan Grenardi, our number one Rushman of the Week. Congratulations. Congrats, John. 
Exactly. We'll have another tweet cooking out. The Texans are busy with the rush uh, content, so yes, yes, we expect y'all, you, you know, to hold it down again, back to back weeks, you know, pushing, pushing the pod. So we appreciate y'all. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Pushing P. And that's it. That should that should uh, top the charts there for our three rushmen throughout the league. Uh, we'll be hitting on it again next week as well for you guys. So um, the one and only, the best rusher in the league, in our honest opinion, is going to grade it out for his fellow rushmen. And if you make that list, that's elite company. And we will get those Dog of the Day shirts sent over to each one of you guys um, if you top that chart. We hope you guys rep it with pride. Um, also, fan base, it's going to be coming to you as well. And not only the players are going to touch that merch, but you as well. We'll get that solved and figured out ASAP for you guys. So just buckle down to your chairs, baby. The the, uh, the ride's just about to take off. So, um, We should be closing out, huh, boys? We good? I think, yeah. I think it's closing time. I think it's closing time. We had a nice closing time. Uh, I mean, this might be our longest episode. This might be our longest episode. I mean, hour 23, we've been in the lab. How's the energy? I mean, the energy is immaculate. There's There's no question about it. So I'll close it out. I'll close it out for the gang. Obviously, this is the Rush Podcast, episode 11. Tough night tonight. Obviously, 3 0, weird loss. But it's tough, you know, we had to find a way and we fell a little bit short. But for the Raider fans, I just want to say I love y'all. For all the fans following our podcast, we love you guys. Keep liking, subscribing, commenting below. Brogan, my co-host, fucking legend, EMU legend, all-time passing leader. I appreciate Dustin it. Dustin Creel, one of the best receivers in Eastern history. Darian Terrell, one of the best guards in Eastern history. We got some legends in here. Slime ball, we got you in the back holding the fort down. We appreciate you, brother. The, the whole crew, Nick, his crew, CJ, running point guard. We got everybody. JP, we got a lot of people involved doing a lot of big things. So we want to give you guys your flowers as well. But most importantly, to the fans, we love y'all. Let's get to 50,000 subscribers. We're going to get some big things rolling. So, Look forward to more content. There's going to be more guests, more up-to-date, more, I don't even know. There's going to be everything. Everything we got, merch drop. We're going to have everything coming y'all way. We appreciate it. You guys are the best. We love y'all. This is the Rush Podcast. Max Crosby and my brothers. We out of here. Peace. Peace.